Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could tune in today. I'm really excited about this topic because we're going to be talking about food. But uh, in in particular, we're going to be talking about um, how if we treat the animals well that produce some of our food products, you know, maybe that's good for us too. Maybe the taste is better. Maybe it's healthier, more nutritious. And we're going to be talking with some folks who can help us uh, make some sense of that topic and find out what we stand to gain, not just feeling better about the way we treat our animals, our farm friends, but also about what the quality of the food that they produce will uh, will give to us, the benefits to us if we treat our animals well. Today, our guests are Emily Lancaster-Moose, and she is the Director of Communications and Outreach for the Animal Welfare Approved Certification Program. And actually, Consumer Reports has listed this certification as the only highly meaningful food label for farm animal welfare, outdoor access, and sustainability. So I'm really excited to have Emily dig into the details of that certification program. We're going to have Sarah Hoffman on. She was a big winner in the recent American Cheese Society's uh, Taste and, and Quality Awards program. And she's the founder of Green Dirt Farm in Missouri, Um, and she's going to give us the farmer's perspective on what it means to maintain the standards of the AWA certification. And also, we're going to be joined by John Antonelli. He has his own cheese shop called Antonelli's Cheese Shop in Austin, but he's also the vice president of the American Cheese Society, and he has a lot of background that I think is going to help us understand this connection between healthy animals and good-tasting, quality food. So welcome, everybody. So glad to have you on Go Green Radio. Emily, we're going to start with you. Talk to us about what makes the Animal Welfare Approved Certification different from other food labels. All right. Well, thanks so much for having us. I'm really excited about this show, too. Uh, So AWA is a nonprofit program, and we audit, certify, support, and promote independent family farmers that are raising animals according to the highest welfare and environmental standards outdoors on pasture or range. And uh, AWA is a program of a greener world, which is a nonprofit. We're one of uh, a growing family of certifications offered by AGW. Uh, We are actually the only truly pasture-based certification and food label on the market. So that means no cages, no no crates, and no feedlots. And no other food label, not even organic, can offer that same assurance. Uh, We're also uh, free to farmers, and we are the only farm certification in North America that's backed by the ISO 17065 International Accreditation, and that is a really important uh, part of our program because it demonstrates our excellence in auditing and certifying. That is terrific, and uh, we're going to find out a little bit more about your auditing process and the particulars in a few minutes, but that that's really fantastic. Sarah, uh, you know, I'm interested in how you first learned about the AWA certification and what made you decide as a farmer to pursue their standards. Well, sure, and, and let me just say, first of all, hello, everybody, and thanks for uh, having us on. You bet. Um, I... 
I first learned about the AWA certification when I was researching um, ways that we could make our practices more transparent to our customers. And we really wanted to make sure that our customers understood the difference between what we're doing and what is done in conventional livestock raising. Um, I looked at organic standards, and not only is it very expensive for farmers to um, become organic certified, but I felt really discouraged by um, the lack of humane standards for animals in the organic standard. And I, you know, really wanted to find something that would give us, um, that would show how much attention we pay and how much we value um, the taking really good care of our animals. And so that's how we came to learn about AWA by uh, talking to other farmers and um, and uh, talking to AWA. And I think we actually, um, I'm not sure when AWA got started, but um, it was pretty early on, back in 2008, that we became yeah. AWA certified. And it was, uh, it was a pretty new program, so it was very exciting for us. Oh, that's great. You're a pioneer. <laughs> You're setting yeah. the, the standard for others to follow. That's fantastic. And John, you know, recently some of the top winners, as I mentioned, in the American Cheese Society Awards were from sustainable AWA certified farms. Um, I love it on your, your website for your cheese shop. You are a self-proclaimed cheesemonger, and I, I love that term. Um, but you're also the vice president of the American Cheese Society. Is there a detectable difference in the taste of cheese that's made from milk that comes from humanely treated animals. Well, thank you, Jill, for having me on and for uh, taking the time to ask such a thoughtful question. Um, We, uh, as an American Cheese Society, our goal is to promote and support American cheeses. uh, And through that process, we actually uh, offer, we run a large judging and competition um, and so the judges decide um, what products they find to be um, the best within these categories. Uh, for my personal uh, opinion, everything in cheese starts with the quality of the milk. Uh, and the quality of the milk is heavily dictated by the animals um, and their treatment. Uh, happy animals make great milk. Um, and so can you taste a detectable difference um, some people would say that you can. Uh, in general, for the, for the public's sake, uh, really great milk can create really great cheese. And I think that's the important thing to, to note when you're, when you're looking to purchase products. Um, and so the AWA uh, symbol, the representation of it, uh, allows the consumer quite a bit of confidence in the quality of the milk and therefore the quality of the end product. Uh, the animals, what they eat, how they're treated, um, where they roam, those types of things really impact the final flavors that are represented in the milk and ultimately in the cheese. So um, it's, a, it's pretty important that you start with great milk if you want to have great cheese or dairy products. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. And can I ask you a quick follow-on question to that? Sure. Do the judges Do the judges know if the um, cheese that they're tasting is from an AWA certified farm or not? Is that sort of like a blind, you know, thing? The, or yeah, great question. For the American Cheese Society, for our competition judging competition, it is an, a completely anonymous. 
okay. competition. So the only information that the individual judge might be presented with is the milk type and uh-huh. if and or if there are flavors added. Our goal uh-huh. is to create an even playing field for all the entrants. And so we, we work really hard and diligently to create an anonymous uh, process. Now you can see in the awards booklet, there are quite a number of winners who are AWA um, uh, certified. And, and I think that's a testament to the hard work and the uh, impact that they've made all the way at, at the level of livestock. Uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. Im- important work. Definitely. And so that I think that's a great way to, to demonstrate, you know, just how um, transparent uh, the judging process is and, and the fact that these AWA certified farms just tasted great and they won. This is so cool. Now, Sarah, you know, you mentioned that the AWA certification is free to farmers. I think Emily's going to talk about that a little bit more in a moment. But Talk to us about green dirt farms in terms of staffing. What level of staffing do you have to maintain to ensure your operations meet the standards of AWA certification? Because that's another expense. And I'm just wondering if your staffing requirements differ from the staffing needs of a farm with less humane animal operations. Well, I, I imagine that they must because we we practice um, what's referred to as management-intensive grazing, which means that our animals are moved to fresh grass every day. Mm. And um, that process is a very uh, uh, labor-intensive one. It requires moving fence and moving the animals and um, a lot of uh, time spent on... Um, analyzing whether the pasture is uh, providing good enough uh, feed for the animals. And we, it, it, we really do have a lot more, um, I think, staffing needs as uh, an AWA farm than we would if we were practicing, for example, confinement agriculture, where the animals are all kept in a barn and they never, they never need to be moved from one place to another. Just, they're just there and they're... Um, essentially, you know, treated kind of like a, um, you know, a, uh, uh, a conveyor system into the milking parlor and back out again. Mm-hmm. You know, Emily, there are a lot of green certification programs out there that charge a fee for certification. And so, you know, they have a vested financial interest in certifying as many entities as possible. And whether it's fair to say this or not, some people really call into question the integrity of labels or certifications that have that kind of a business model. Talk to us about how AWA differs from that model and how your organization is funded. So, yeah, that's a really a good point, and there is a lot of uh, the, the labeling landscape out there is kind of like the Wild West, and yeah. there are a lot of different food labels and a lot of misleading information in, in the food system, and one of the things that we've actually done to help address that is to create a guide called Food Labels Exposed. It's available on our website, and it goes through all of the different labels and certifications out there, and it's a really great way to help people make informed choices. Um, But in the case of our program, we are free to farmers, and um, we are able to do that because we're a nonprofit, and so we're funded by donations from the public. And people really appreciate that because we're able to be independent, 
and we can give a totally unbiased, independent assessment of a farm, and um, people are able to trust that. I think that's fantastic. And and how do you get donations? I mean, what are what are the methods that you have to actually fund, you know, the staffing that you have? You have auditors and whatnot. What kinds of things do you do that our listeners might even be able to get involved in to donate? Well, we are grateful for support from the public. And we do have a, a donation page on our website, um, www.animalwelfareapproved.org and www.greenerworld.org. So absolutely, please Please support us. We are grateful for, for um, public support. Um, and we try to give back, too. So, uh, you know, one of the ways, obviously, is helping people find high-welfare foods um, that we certify. And we have directories on our website um, where people can uh, find certified AWA uh, products. And we also put out uh, consumer resources like Food Labels Exposed and, and try to give back and, and help educate people and help, um, help increase transparency in the market. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic, and and what a great model. That's very trustworthy, full of integrity, and I think people will really appreciate that. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll have much, much more with John, Emily, and Sarah, so don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could tune in. My next question is for you, John, uh, because you're the vice president of the American Cheese Society. And on the website, there's a statement on the importance of artisan, farmstead, and specialty cheese. And it reads in part, 
Um, Artisan, farmstead, and specialty cheeses are part of a broader movement that focuses on sustainable agricultural practices, farm-to-table distribution, informed food choices for consumers, and connecting local producers with consumers. So, um, John, for our listeners who may not know, and I am one of them, um, what are artisan and farmstead cheeses, and in what way are they part of the sustainable ag movement? Well, that's a great question, uh, Joe. Uh, Artisan, uh, I'll start with that. It's probably the more loaded of the words. It's used um, as a marketing term throughout um, grocery stores. You'll see it on uh, quite a lot of different foods, from frozen packaged foods all the way to your cheese counter. Um, and what we mean by that, uh, when we use it, in, in, in at least in our shop, um, is touched by hands, a very important aspect of the of the word artisan is that a cheesemaker, uh, a, a cheesemaking team, uh, an individual at certain points through the process touched the cheese um, and it was made with hands. So that doesn't mean that machines aren't in, involved in that, but a certain uh, level of detail, you know, it's a, a lot of cheese making is an art form, so there's a, a certain level of touch and feel that's required in making really great products. And so uh, that's at least the best definition that, that we've come up with for the term artisan. Uh, as I said, it's, it's used quite a lot for variety of marketing purposes. Farmstead for us is, is much more defined, um, and it's it's really an amazing lifestyle. Uh, farmstead cheesemakers are, are individuals who not only make the cheese, but they also manage a herd from which the milk comes from. So those are two very big jobs, herd management, um, land management, and cheese making, and cheese aging, and cheese selling. Uh, and these farmstead cheesemakers are doing all of it. Uh, it's, it's quite a lifestyle and quite a challenge, and preserving that type of tradition is really important. We are fortunate to see the trend in our country moving towards more farmstead cheesemakers, and uh, that's really exciting uh, because we're starting to see individuals, groups of individuals, really focused on the whole process from the grass, the soil, all the way to the consumer touch point, in many cases, they're also going to farmer's markets and selling their products directly to the consumer. And it's really special. Um, last year during our award ceremony, we spotlighted the Farmstead Cheesemakers because it's, it's quite an amazing feat to be able to do all of those things successfully. Um, and, and they are a very important part of the sustainable ag movement because you're seeing pockets of, of, of people moving to more rural areas. Well, in some cases in city centers, there are actually urban farms now and yeah. people, people managing the land more effectively um, focus on, you know, smaller batches. Um, the products may often cost more, but the value is there. You can see it. And so we like to support farmstead cheesemakers in our shop because we think it's a, a really great tradition that should continue to, trend towards the positive growth. Um, the, the more people that are so actively involved with the land management and the animal live uh, welfare, uh, the better off we'll all be, I think, in the long run. 
makes perfect sense. And I'm so glad that you explained that because honestly, I've seen labels like that, you know, at the cheese counter in my supermarket and I had no idea um, what was involved. So you educated me and I'm sure all of our listeners as well. You know, Emily, I think it's important for our listeners to understand your background um, and understand where you come from and also the leadership of the AWA certification. You studied um, sustainable agriculture in college. You know, sometimes when we hear about nonprofits uh, that are involved in animal welfare, people might think, you know, it's a a political or, you know, sort of out there on the left fringe uh, kind of organization. But you guys really have a lot of business sense. Your executive director comes from supply chain. He was in supply chain for a a big national retailer. You have, you know, a, a degree in sustainable sustainable agriculture. And so talk to us about how that background um, has improved and has um, helped um, promulgate the AWA food label. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I I think that's really fundamental to our work. Um, And, you know, as you mentioned, our program director, Andrew Gunther, he uh, he he did he has worked a lot in supply chain management, but he he is also a farmer himself, and he mm-hmm. actually started the world's first organic hatchery in the UK with his family. So mm-hmm. um, I also have agriculture in my family history too, uh, and I think it's really important to to emphasize that we are a pro farming, pro agriculture program. Um, and that we really have a fundamental understanding of the fact that sustainable agri- agriculture depends first and foremost on farmers. Um, and, you know, I think it's also good to draw a distinction between animal rights and animal welfare. Mm-hmm. We're not an animal rights organization. Uh, and we do believe that it's possible to raise animals for food with high levels of animal welfare. So we're not here to tell anybody how to farm. Um, we're just here to give farmers and consumers a choice. Uh, mm-hmm. So labels like AWA, give, they give consumers a way to identify high welfare, sustainable foods, and they also give farmers credit in the marketplace, and they open up opportunities for farmers to add value to their product, um, and they give them credit for their hard work. And at the end of the day, this is all about transparency. Um, well, and I, just from a personal awesome. perspective, I love my job because I get to work with some of the most amazing farmers with the most amazing products in in North America, so I'm, I'm I love I love what I do. Well, I can see that, and I, it's infectious. I, you know, I am really excited to go out and find AWA certified products. You know, where I'm at, and um, I think our listeners will be too. You know, Sarah, I think it's equally important for our listeners to understand your background. Uh, You know, when I was reading your bio, it was clear that you've always had a love for land and farms, but you were a medical professional and you also had a passion for human health. Talk to us about how these two passions led you to create such a special farm and certification under the AWA label. Yeah. um, Well, you know, it's funny. I, in many ways, feel like I... uh, None of this, all of this happened through serendipity. None of it really happened through um, intentionality, although it may may look that way. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up on a series of small farms because my dad was in the military and we moved all the time, but we never lived on the base. We raised our own food and uh, raised lots of livestock, and sometimes we even had a small commercial farming operation. And I had always determined that that was the way that I wanted to raise my family and the way that I wanted to live. 
Um, and then uh, as I went through school and became interested in many things, including chemistry and science, and, uh, and then uh, I went on and was in the Peace Corps, and I wanted to do something, uh, you know, I've always had a kind of, um, you know, what can I do to help uh, solve some of our problems kind of attitude towards uh, my life and my career, and um, and that led me to medical school. And uh, in medical school, I uh, enjoyed it very much. I, I loved the medical profession, um, but had always, in the back of my mind, had this idea that I wanted to uh, have a farm and create a small business on a farm. And uh, about 10 years into my uh, medical um, career, I decided to look at what it would take for me to actually uh, pursue this dream of having the, a um, having a small farm business. And I was having children at the time. I really wanted to have them part of my small farm business. I wanted to be able to um, focus on them and their upbringing, and I felt like starting the, uh, a, a small farm business might be the way that... Um, that I could combine those two passions, and eventually I realized I, I couldn't do both of them. I you know I was you know <laughs> at some point I came to the conclusion that you know I, I needed to focus on one to make it work, and um, and so I opted for um, continuing with the with the small farm and uh, starting the cheese making. And, that is fantastic. Um, yeah. And, you know, through, through growing up on a farm and raising animals and having that uh, knowledge um, and having uh, grown up um, tasting really great food and having a care and concern about human health led me to uh, organic and led me to um, humane animal welfare standards. And uh, eventually that's why we became AWA certified. And do you believe that you know, the food that you're creating and that others who are farming in the same way that you are is, in fact, healthier for human beings. I, I, I'm, a, I'm very much a uh, I want the evidence kind of person. That's my uh-huh. background. That's how I, how I um, was educated. And um, I think there is some evidence for that, but I'm much more, I find it much more compelling the evidence that the way that we do farming uh, is better for the animals and better for the environment. And that's one of the pieces of AWA that I think we haven't really said much about. But AWA has very high um, standards when it comes to protecting the environment as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that that's critically important. And I think that organic standards and AWA standards, um, in many ways, the, the thing that the most important thing that they do is to protect our environment, and all of that leads back to human health. Um, I think there there can't be any doubt. It's, it's it just stands to reason that if you don't put poisons on your food, you won't poison yourself. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing more and more about that. You know, I've I've seen some studies where families who you know ate a typical kind of diet, you know, from different things, some processed foods and some uh, just 
uh, traditionally farmed produce and things like that. You know, they had blood tests and urine tests and showed certain levels of toxins that had not just, you know, entered their stomachs, but they'd entered their bloodstream. And that after a certain amount of time of moving to organic produce and some uh, organic meats, you know, to replace what they were eating, not eating necessarily different things, just organic choices, um, that after a fairly short amount of time, those levels of certain toxins in their blood and urine came down. And so I think we'll probably see a lot more of those types of studies, but hats off to you for being a pioneer in this this movement. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, uh, we'll be talking more with John and Emily and Sarah. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. In case you're just tuning in, let me catch you up. Um, Today we're talking about the Animal Welfare Approved Certification Program, AWA, and our guests today are Emily Lancaster Moose, who's the Director of Communications for the AWA program. We're talking with Sarah Hoffman, who's the founder of Green Dirt Farm in Missouri. And we're talking with John Antonelli, who owns Antonelli's Cheese Shop in Austin, Texas, and is also the Vice President of the American Cheese Society. Now, John, I know that you have traveled the world to learn more about cheese, and you offer some of the finest in your cheese shop. Um, how do the AWA standards compared to the treatment of animals that you've seen in other countries? 
Yeah, I think that uh, that's a really important question to ask. I've been very blessed to get to travel um, as part of my now new career as a, as a cheesemonger and cheese shop owner. <laughs> uh, and it's always humbling to visit cheesemakers. It's, um, it's a type of work that I, I don't think that I could do it. It's uh, incredibly disciplined, um, incredibly physical. It's a, it's a, it's a hard job. Um, and uh, when you look at the animals that these cheesemakers are also working with and the farms that they're sourcing their product with, uh, most of the cheesemakers that I get to work with um, treat their animals more like pets than they do livestock in many ways. You will, you will get introduced sometimes by very direct name to the animals <laughs> on the farm. Uh, you, you stand in a pasture for 30 minutes with the, with the farmer uh, cheesemaker and they will kind of tell you about the attitudes that the, the goats or the sheep have that particular afternoon and, and why they might be acting the way that they're acting and what to expect an hour from now. It's, it's quite amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm, I've been very fortunate and blessed to get to work with these types of uh, cheesemakers. And when you travel the world, you'll see a similar uh, relationship between the animals and the, their uh, caretaker. Um, now, they're not... Uh, necessarily certified under the AWA um, uh, certification, but they are very much loved and cared for and taken taken care of. My my caveat there is that there are many large scale cheese operations both in the U.S. and in Europe, and um, sourcing milk from lots of different farms. And uh, so, uh, oftentimes in that co op style where they're mi- mixing the milk, that that AWA certification. Uh, it was quite difficult to apply because of the, the pooled milk. Uh, so some of the largest, most traditional cheeses um, that are being imported in our country don't actually meet those standards. Um, but you can see when you visit small cheesemakers, smaller cheesemakers in Europe, um, you'll see that attitude, um, mm-hmm. and it's pretty amazing. Uh, so it's, it's fortunate that it's uh, international sort of mentality that, that's um, taking hold. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. It is. It is. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of comforting to think that we are able to, thanks to certification uh, like AWA, actually make choices for that kind of treatment of animals. And I know that's important to a lot of people. Sarah, from the farmer's perspective, you know, some of our listeners may be farmers who might be concerned about the cost and the return on investment of transitioning their farms to comply with AWA standards. What would you tell them? And for those who need support and guidance to make that transition, is there help available to them? Yeah, I think I um, I would tell them that um, you know um, there are trade offs, and the AWA standard is relatively new and um, perhaps not as well known as uh, some of the other labeling, but becoming more and more well known because it it ha- it is it holds its, the AWA standard is a is a very high standard, and um, it. It has um, gained a lot of, uh, I think, um, good um, uh, uh, notoriety and um, customers are becoming more and more uh, interested in uh, 
whether the animals are being well taken care of. And so um, I think that there's, I, I feel very optimistic about the potential for a, the return on the investment and, um, and the potential for making a, um, a you know, a, a, an economically as well as environmentally sustainable business um, with the AWA standard um, as, as kind of, sort of the standard bearer for us. Um, I think AWA does a great job in um, helping to guide us and support us and uh, listen to um, um, what we, what's going on um, and, and help us to um, make the right decisions about our, the welfare of our animals. And um, AWA also understands that um, if we are not at the same time that we're humane in our practices and, um, and environmentally sustainable in our practices, if we're not also economically sustainable in our practices, um, we will not last very long and we will not have made a difference. Mm-hmm. And so um, they understand that and they help the farmer with that by um, providing that kind of guidance. And, um, uh, and I believe that there are uh, grant resources out there um, for, uh, through AWA. Um, AWA has a, a, a lot of information to help farmers and has done a lot of um, help with marketing for us. And Emily, I want to talk to you about that because, you know, AWA certification isn't a one and done kind of situation. I mean, you know, you're part of an ISO process and that's a highly respected, um, you know, set of standards within the business community. And it requires going back and auditing and ensuring that, you know, that certified entities are in compliance. So I would love for you to talk to us about that auditing process that AWA has in place and maybe how your staffing is is comprised in various regions to help farmers uh, who are AWA compliant market their products and, and continue to improve their operations. Talk to us about that service. Sure, yeah. So we are uh, ISO accredited, and we do uh, an annual audit for all farms. It's a free, confidential audit. It's a very straightforward process, and the audit is simply based on our published standards, which are available on our website. There's no surprises there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also, we also review the slaughter process. So we are only one of two certifiers in the U.S. that actually require audited high-welfare well, high animal management, and slaughter practices. Uh, and all of our auditors are very well-trained, have extensive experience in uh, either agriculture themselves, our farmers, or veterinarians, or um, you know, extensive experience that, that allows them to be able to, to give an accurate assessment and be independent about it. Um, we also uh, have a, a lot of resources in place to help farmers market their products once they're certified. Uh, so we list farmers on our directory and we, also any outlets where they sell their products. And, and I should clarify that we have two pretty distinct branches of our program. So we have a marketing team and a compliance team. And so the compliance team, their number one job is to ensure that the standards are being reflected on the farms. And the marketing side, which I am on, is uh, our, our job is to help certified producers 
promote their product and make the best use of their label. And so some of the things that we do for farmers to that end um, are to help them access markets, help them with branding, help them add value to their products just by virtue of the AWA label. Uh, I mentioned our directory. We have thousands of consumers that, that frequent our directory looking for high welfare meat, dairy, and eggs. And we also have a, uh, on the tech side as well, we have an expert technical staff that's available to support environmentally sustainable, practical, and profitable pasture-based production. Uh, and one thing I wanted to mention just on the, on the size and scale part of it um, is that I do think it's possible for these, for certified AWA farms to make a meaningful contribution to the food supply. We, we, we have plenty of farms in the program who, uh, who actually work together to supply larger markets. Uh, so our, our products are becoming increasingly available across, across uh, North America. And we're mm-hmm. actually in 43 states, five Canadian provinces, and you can get AWA products anywhere in North America. Wow, that's pretty incredible, especially considering that, you know, in relative terms to other food labels, you're kind of new to the game. Um, how how are you able to scale up? I mean, what kind of, um, you know, staffing do you have to support all that territory? So one of the the internet has been a great help to our program. We have yeah. a, we have two headquarters, um, one in Marion, Virginia, and one in Redmond, Oregon. But we also have a lot of staff located rem- remotely, uh, so that we can make the best use of our resources, and so that you know we can send. We have people based. We cover the country pretty well, the U.S. and Canada, and so that it's less resource intensive than if we were in one centralized place and had to fly everyone everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we do have a, a lot of remote staff, and um, we are able to cover the U.S. and Canada very well that way. That's fantastic. And I have to say, the resources on your website are very detailed. I was browsing through them, and I learned more about poultry slaughtering methods than I ever intended to, but it was fascinating. Talk to us about the resources and research that you offer. Absolutely. So... I mentioned our standards are based on science and the latest science and best practice. And so I think our standards are one of the best resources that we do offer because it really is like a template for how to, how to create a sustainable, profitable, high welfare uh, livestock farm. Um, and so that's a really great resource for farmers. Uh, the label is also one of our best resources for farmers and consumers because it allows farmers to get credit for their hard work and their high welfare practices, and it allows consumers to identify foods that they can purchase with confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a mark of quality. Uh, I, I think John alluded to it um, that that people will mention it directly. People realize when they see this label that, that they know that they can count on the quality of the product. Um, other resources that we offer to consumers, I mentioned Food Labels Exposed, and I should say that that guide is also an app that folks can download uh, that analyzes over 90 common food label claims and uh, is a really in- great informative guide for anyone interested in food labels uh, or anyone who eats, for that matter. Um, <laughs> we also engage and inform with social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we also have a blog and a monthly e-newsletter, so you can sign up for that at uh, greenerworld.org. Uh, and we also have a quarterly newsletter as well. So we really try to stay engaged with 
with farmers and consumers uh, about about this. We love we love talking labels with anyone. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic, and uh, you know, thank you so much for all of that work that I know you've put into it, and your team as well. That is a great resource. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll have much more. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. In case you've only just now tuned in, let me catch you up. Uh, We're talking with Emily Lancaster-Moose, who's the Director of Communications and Outreach for um, the Animal Welfare Approved Certification Program. We're talking with Sarah Hoffman, who is the founder and uh, head cheesemaker, the the big cheese uh, at the Green Dirt Farm in Missouri. And we're talking with John Antonelli, who owns Antonelli's Cheese Shop in Austin, Texas, and is also the vice president of the American Cheese Society. Now, Sarah, your farm, like many others, um, hosts community events. I saw it on your website. Looks like a lot of fun. Um, In what ways does your AWA certification play a role? in your farm's community relations? Yeah, so we um, <clears throat> we have a lot of fun on the farm, actually. We hold uh, what we call farm table dinners, and uh, we have chefs who come up from Kansas City who create a meal around what's fresh and what's local, um, and the, the chef will use products from our cheese kitchen and um, two lambs in every dinner, um, and the chef will source foods from other local farms as well. Um, we always host our events, so we start our events. Oh, and by the way, we also do cheese tastings where we do pairings of, of beers and wines or um, other beverages with our cheeses, and we also feature other artisanal cheesemakers that we really love. 
Um, and so when we're, when we're hosting these events, um, we always talk about our values, and uh, that always includes AWA. So our, our, um, during the event, we talk about um, why it's so important to us and how it impacts our, the cheese that we make. And, um, and as John was mentioning earlier, how, how critically important the quality of the milk is in making a very good mm. cheese. Um, and so that our, our events are an opportunity for us to raise awareness and communicate about what, what our values are and why we are in business, why we are doing what we're doing. So um, AWA plays a very big role there for us because they really create that, um, that credibility. It's not just us saying we're doing these things, but it's been validated um, you know, and is, and we go through a, a strict audit every year to to um, repeat that validation. It's not just you know, as you mentioned before, it's not just one and done. Mm-hmm. Um, we're validated over and over again for our practices, and um, it's a, our our events are a really important opportunity for us to make our eaters aware of um, what we do and why we do it. I love it. That that becomes an educational program, you know, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that, you know, people are really impacted by your story. Um, John, talk to us about what the customers in your cheese shop say about humanely raised animals when it comes to their cheese choices. Um, is there a large demand for AWA products? Um, what are you seeing on the consumer side in your shop? Uh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Um, the points that Sarah just brought up uh, really uh, tie into what we see in the retail shop uh, environment. Consumers are wanting to connect with their food, uh, at least in the experience that we offer. We see that every day, and that you know, as a mission-based business, that's what we're trying to do: is to connect uh, individuals with the people that make the food and with the animals that the food comes from. Uh, so we do. We are starting to see people requesting. Uh, you know, AWA certified products. Uh, we carry a handful, consider Bardwell from Vermont, Barinaga Ranch in uh, California. And um, I think as these questions become more common and more um, frequent, it's uh, the job of those of us at the retail counter to make sure that we're sharing that information with the consumers and guiding them towards the products that that they want to eat and they want to connect with. Uh, it's really important now uh, more than ever to make sure that a consumer knows what they're getting. Uh, as the food chain gets so large um, and access in many parts of the world is becoming easier in other parts, it's actually the access to really uh, great high quality products is getting harder, but um, consumers need to know. And uh, it's our job to provide them with the, the best uh, available information. And so the certifications allow us to communicate more clearly some of the expectations that, um, and meet those expectations of the customer. That's awesome. And Emily, you referenced uh, this resource, but I want you to go into a little bit more detail for our listeners who want to know where to find AWA products right now, where they are, how can they do that? Give us specifics. Sure. So uh, you mentioned this earlier, but we really are growing really quickly. Um, And I think a lot of that is due to the fact that there's a significant amount of published science 
that really shows the link between high welfare management and high quality products and human health. Um, we are one of the fastest growing, five fastest growing labels um, out there. And I think sort of a microcosm of this is the ACS awards. Um, in 2015, four certified AWA farms took home eight ACS awards. And this year, in 2016, five AWA farms uh, took home 17 awards. So um, we're, we're really excited for the trajectory. Um, so certified AWA products are becoming more widely available and are, can be gotten anywhere. Um, our products are available at local farmers markets, co-ops, restaurants, online, through distributors, uh, and in regional and national retail outlets like Publix, Lowe's Foods, Kroger, Team DeLuca, Natural Grocers, uh, Whole Foods Market Stores, Earth Fair, and more, um, and great cheese shops like, like John's. Um, so the best way to find AWA products is to look for the logo when you're shopping, ask for it if you don't see it, and um, check out our online directory. Um, that's at animalwelfareapproved.org or uh, greenerworld.org. You can get it, get it that way. Now, besides cheese, what other products should we be looking for with the AWA we- certification? Yeah, we certify meat, dairy, and eggs, and actually have some fiber products and leather in the program, too. So, a wide, a wide range. Oh, wow. So, leather products as in, you know, what types of things would that be? Shoes, purses? There's actually some really nice uh, handbags. Um, okay. Some, uh, yeah, that, that check out our directory and, and you'll see them. Um, and keychains, actually, too. So, we, we have a wide okay. range of, of products that are certified AWA. Well, that's great to know. I mean, I know we've been talking a lot about cheese and milk, but um, good to know uh, some of the other products that we should be looking for and asking for. Now, Sarah and John, I know that you guys have online stores where our listeners, even if they're not in Missouri or Texas, can get a hold of your stuff. Sarah, tell us more about how we can get a taste of your award-winning products. Absolutely. We, we do have an online store where we sell a variety of collections of our cheeses and a, and a subscription to um, a, a seasonal um, uh, subscription to our cheeses where our cheesemakers pick out the best cheeses of that, from that time. And um, we ship those out uh, spring, summer, winter, uh, fall, and winter. Um, and um, there are other cheese board collections and that kind of thing on our website at uh, greendirtfarm.com. And this spring, we actually opened our own bricks-and-mortar shop in the little town of Weston um, where we're selling our cheeses and our yogurts and um, a variety of other local handcrafted products. So we're very proud of that and having a lot of fun with it. Very cool. And, and John, what about you? Talk to us about your gift sure. baskets and whatnot. Sure. If you uh, visit our site, uh, Uh we offer uh, gift baskets and um, cheese of the month club. So if you don't want to make a choice, you want us to make the choice for you. Uh, much like Sarah's seasonal offerings, uh, sometimes your cheese maker or cheese monger can make those choices for you and uh, surprise you along the way, uh, which I think is really, really fun. That's and so, cool. um, yeah. Uh, so there's always a fun surprise. And um, that is really cool. And that's, tell us your website one more time. Sure. It's www.antonellischeese.com. 
Very good. Well, thank you guys for joining us. This was a great show. I learned a lot. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in as well. We're going to be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.